I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Liquid I've had so far today is coffee. No, not good. I've had no liquid other than coffee today. Your, your kidneys are going to go to a protest at the Capitol. Yeah, probably not. I better drink some uh, vodka. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, golly. Oh, did, oh, did I retweet? I think I did retweet last night. There was a, a bartender explains your personality oh, based on the drink you order. It's great. It is. This is bartender chick. And we've already mocked. We've always mocked that sort of thing. But this is good. Huh? Oh, it's hilarious. Okay. Well, she's a bartender, and they're all snarky, like negative comments on right. on the sort of drink that you order. Maybe we can dig some of that up. Um, we'll have uh, to explain it because the drink that they're ordering right. is on text on the screen. Yeah, we'd almost need it in print. But anyway, yeah, she puts up on the screen the kind of drink and then talks about the kind of person you are. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's not even talks about it. Does an impression yes. of right. who that person is. Yeah. Oh, good. Good they're, stuff. Very, very funny. Also coming up this hour, if we can squeeze it in, because uh, I just can't relax and have fun, uh, a, a great note we just got from an anonymous listener about the real-world uh, functioning of Joe Biden's Title IX on college campuses. Oh, I want to hear that. And and what Joe Biden got going in terms of sexual uh, allegations and the rest of it. And it is astonishing, but absolutely true. 
So we'll do that in a couple of minutes as well. Right now, though, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. And so we think it's time for a measured reopening. And the availability of certain items that we will never not have. Like Ukrainian yogurt. Pepto-Bismol Oreos. Peep soup. But if I don't text my exes, how will they know I love them? (laughs) The thing about Pip is, you know, if you stand next to him, you make him stronger. He needed someone there to to stand there and say, look, I fight with you, just fight. Go ahead, keep recording. Who are you going to show it to? You're an idiot doing the wrong thing. Economic intercourse. Even the security cop got mazed. Even the, 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 he got mazed. Oh, man, they was crying. They was crying. He was crying. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lulu. For instance, we had somebody apply for unemployment for Tupac Shakur here in Kentucky. And that person probably thought they were being funny. Now somebody an apology tonight and mentioned an individual that had filed in the name of Tupac Shakur. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. Because now you can stay anonymous while you buy six gallons of cheese balls. Give people back their freedom. I've been practicing social distancing since I was four years old. You know, Sean, a uh, fine job with cow as usual, but uh, when you you had the unhinged teacher, how did you leave out, I hope you die a painful death? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Come on. Oh, and we got to replay that whole Ron Swanson quote. I thought that was very funny from the uh, reassembled cast of uh, what, Parks and Rec. Yes. Uh, Has there been any talk of getting friends back together? Well, they had the Friends reunion thing scheduled. Oh, right. uh, for the launch of the HBO Max streaming right. service, but that got right. postponed because they couldn't all be in the same room because it was going to be like with a live audience. And they paid him each like a million dollars to sit down for like five minutes and answer a couple questions. Yeah, a ridiculous <laughs> amount. Oh, jeez. I'll bet if you got that writing team together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And had, you know, a 50-year-old Chandler and the rest of it, all, everybody weighing in from their COVID home or whatever, I bet it'd be dang funny. I haven't seen Chandler in a while. Is he fat, happy Chandler or skinny heroin addict Chandler? I think he's pretty healthy, uh, okay. middle-aged Chandler at this point. I you haven't know, seen him either. He has a name, doesn't he? Joey's kind of let himself go. I don't know if you see that. Matthew Perry? Yes, that's right. They, they, they Those are roles they played. No, no, those are real people. <laughs> I stand corrected. I hope Ross and Rachel are still together. Oh, I'm sure they are. Ah, <laughs> uh, dar da de, so, what time? Yeah, we have time. Do you want to hear this uh, this Title IX thing? Sure. Then I've got more uh, sleep statistics from that big study about beds and sleeping and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. And why Justin Amash might actually hurt Biden more than Trump if he runs as the libertarian candidate, which is worth uh, at least pointing out. So I have been raving about the Title IX thing on college campuses for a long time. It's outrageous. It's It's horrible. If you're not up to speed, it just has to do. There was a broad federal mandate put out. Um, that that part uh, one aspect of it was that uh, universities had to pretty much convict based on the accusation. I mean, the accusation was the conviction uh, if anybody was accused of sexual harassment or assault or, or anything like that. And that's how um, you ended up with the fantastic situation where you had a kid who was being booted out of college for uh, sexual assault at the same time the girl who brought the charges forward 
was being charged by the police with making a false uh, accusation. Right, right. At the same time, because the college's threshold was so low. And in this system, the prosecutors are the jury, and you're not allowed to confront the witness or ask any questions of them. And and it, it became this bizarro uh, situation right. where... I, am I right? You, you're not allowed to find out who's claiming this about you. Oh, no, you have no rights as the accused. And Wow. So you, and, as a college boy, you could say, I don't know, in the last this semester there's been a couple of girls. I, which one? I don't even know. Well, and listen, and here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm off on my rant again. But not only did you have a case where... Uh, the two young adults in college had a couple of drinks. They had sex. It was consensual. Then she felt bad about it in the morning and decided it was he'd somehow talked her into it or whatever. And then the guy's screwed. He's tossed out of school. His future is squashed. Uh, you even had sober, consensual relationships six weeks later that it's usually the woman decides that was a mistake. It's terrible. You know, I think he bamboozled. the And, and the kid is screwed. It just doesn't matter. But if you think that's as insane as it gets, I turn now to the email from Al Anonymous, who says, uh, I'd like to backfill what you've been talking about with the Title IX on college campuses that Joe Biden pushed hard for and took credit for, which is ironic now because he's saying, look, yeah, we got to hear the woman, but then you got to investigate and figure out what's true. Uh, I'm an attorney in the Bay Area of California, and we provide pro bono legal counseling to students at a pretty well-regarded university. One student I counseled, we'll call him Jeff, was in his Ph.D. program lab one day. Um, Happened to be getting a Ph.D. for the sort of profession that develops antiviral and bacterial drugs, ironically. And a female colleague walks in. After a brief conversation, she started talking about needing to go to the gym because she was feeling fat. Jeff then remarked, nah, you look great. A few days later, the female student was meeting with a professor from another department and mentioned what Jeff had said to her, and then it made her a little uncomfortable because she thought he might be hitting on her. She told the professor, though, it wasn't a big deal, and she didn't want to take any action. The professor, a male, was horrified by the incident. The professor replied that he was a mandated reporter under Title IX and had to notify the school's Title IX office immediately. He filed a report on the female student's uh, report, you know, what she said, and spoke to Jeff's professor. Overnight, Jeff's professor dropped him from her Ph.D. lab and refused to further sponsor him for his Ph.D., meaning Jeff now had to scramble to find a sponsor or be kicked out of the program altogether. None of the other professors he reached out to would even respond to him. Then the campus police showed up at the lab and questioned him like he was a criminal, accusing him of being a serial sexual harasser. Then the same day, he received a notice from the School Community Standards Review Board that he was going to be removed from the program and the school pending a final review. Jeff was allowed to submit a letter to the review board explaining the situation and why he should remain in the program. Essentially, we give you one last opportunity to beg for forgiveness before us. That's how quickly someone's life can get upended under the current Title IX regime. Which was spearheaded by Vice President Joe Biden. While he was in the Obama administration, that's right. To me, that's a better line of questioning over this whole Tara Reid scandal than the "Did you do it?" Because I, unless there's new information, we're never going to know the answer to that. So you have to give him the right. benefit of the doubt. I think. Right. And, and listen, I know some of you think I'm a paranoid lunatic talking about how progressives and socialists will lead inevitably to totalitarianism, but this is a great example. Can you imagine? Being Jeff in this situation, 
some woman say, I'm feeling fat. And he says, no, you look fine. You look great. And for that, his professional life is, is potentially ruined. And you don't get a chance to defend yourself. You don't get to talk it out with the woman and say, look, I didn't for a single minute. And she say, okay, no problem. No harm, no foul. No, no, no way. Man, you are on the slippery slope to doom, and your overlords have no interest in your your side of the story. Otherwise, and listen, I hate to come to these academic lunatics' defense, but if they're seen as not being absolute enthusiastic Maoist adherence to Title IX, they'll lose their funding. Nice, uh, nice uh, society we're running here, folks. We're continuing to try to figure out where the phrase "balls to the wall" came from. We got this text. Guys, it predates aviation, as we said last hour. Last hour, you told me that a pilot right, it's, it's, it's the a throttle pilot on an airplane. Well, There's this guy says, it, no, it's not. A 97-year-old engineer told me the term comes from centrifugal steam engine governors. The two spinning balls spin wider in diameter the faster the engine runs on a steam engine, like a steam train. And the wall of the engine house, blah, 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 blah. And so balls to the walls, you're, you're, the train is running as fast as possible. You know what? Which sounds perfectly believable. It also sounds like I'm on a game show. Right. And the next celebrity is going to offer one more explanation. Then i got to figure out which one's true. It had to do with preparation of oatmeal back in the 20s. I think we're going to find out that... Uh, oh, the, yeah, the balls of oats would spin against the whirling blade. Yeah, I think we're going to find out that David Lee Roth was once at a hotel with a groupie. <laughs> <laughs> and that, Hell, you can guess the rest. <laughs> uh, a lot more on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Um, uh, so you said we have some breaking news? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited because, remember, uh, Hanson remixed the whole breaking news thing to add an element to it. So here we go. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Yeah, I so, like that every bit as much as I hoped I would. Public-private partnership right there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Sean. Uh, you got it going on today. Uh, uh, here's our breaking news. Uh, it's uh, California breaking news. My phone just goes dark. You, you idiot. Modoc County, which is a rural county uh, in Cal Unicornia, begins allowing non-essential businesses to reopen and diners to eat in restaurants becoming the first to defy Governor Newsom's stay-at-home orders. So they just flat out are saying, we're doing this, now let's take it to the courts. That's yeah, what they're exactly. saying. Yeah, so that's interesting. We know what's best for our county. Shut up. We have a friend, acquaintance, who was trying to open a couple of gyms in California, and he got scared off by threats from officials of $1,000-a-day fines and that sort of thing. Backed off. He was going to open in defiance of the laws, but... And an acquaintance who uh, said, I'm going to open, I have to open, and he got multiple calls from multiple agencies that said, we'll yank your liquor license, we'll yank your health license, we'll yank your freaking driver's license if you don't comply. Maybe that's the way so you got to go. Off. Maybe that's the way you got to go about it instead of individual businesses doing it since the state... 
can punish you so hard um, as you got to get your city council, county supervisor, whatever, to go along with it. Of course, it mm-hmm. depends on the politics of where you live. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And you see, got got the same thing in in Michigan where they're the the, the legislature is going to sue the governor. So the 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 higher courts are going to be busy figuring this out. Uh, yeah, and that's a good thing too because. You know, there have been a heck of a lot of us yelling about, look, we're giving up all these freedoms, and the rationale keeps changing, and nobody seems to be serious about asking why and and how much is too much. Well, now the question is being asked, and presumably it'll be answered. So earlier in the week on this topic, Elon Musk, the guy who uh, runs Tesla and SpaceX, and he's a billionaire, uh, and is outspoken earlier this week, he was saying this is fascism. Open Give the people F back, back their GD freedom. Open the F back up. So he's pretty hardcore on this. He was texting their tweeting this morning, a series of tweets, all, a lot of them. I'll start here. Uh, and these are all little tweets. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. Next tweet. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave? Next tweet. Or the land of the free and the home of the brave? Question mark. Next tweet. Now give people back their freedom! All caps. Then he tweets uh, inverse order. So the okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So because I'm reading top to bottom, yes. right? He he tweeted this earlier than that. Then uh, Tesla stock price is too high, in my opinion. What? That's an interesting thing for a guy who runs a company to tweet. <laughs> sure. He's a fascinating person. Tesla stockholders respond on mass. What? <laughs> he also no, it's not. he also tweeted earlier. I'm selling almost all physical possessions. Will own no house. All right. Wow. And he's got some more tweets recently, Sean? Uh, yeah, and we're specifically threading to that. I'm selling uh, almost all physical possessions. We'll own no house. He, uh, he followed up with, my girlfriend Grimes, and he at Grimes, is mad at me. So she seems to not be uh, in on the we're selling everything we own plan. Well, well how's, uh, uh, I get why his girlfriend is mad at him. How does the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission feel about him today? Because remember, he already got into a boatload of trouble for allegedly, you know, manipulating the stock price, even though he was just being Elon. Surely he can say that, can't he? Wouldn't that be a free speech issue? He can say that he thinks the stock's too mm. high, can't he? No, you, no? no the SEC, you, it gets to tell you what you can and can't, I thought the pro- cannot say. I thought the problem, how could that possibly be? Um, I thought the problem last time around was he was stating stock price is going to be at a certain level, and that's trying, now that's, now that's seriously manipulating the stock price. Or he was making a joke about the Egyptians financing something? I don't, I, I don't see how he, in my could, memory. he couldn't state, I think, our stock price is too high. What he got in trouble with before was saying that I have uh, I have private investors looking to buy, uh, taking Tesla private at $420 a share. Um, and it was a 420 right. joke. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but as the guy who runs the company, he could have sold a million sh- uh, shares short. And then comes out and says, "Yeah, I think the stock price is too high." Well, that would my be, company sucks. That would We're be about a crime. That would be a crime. But you'd have to show that he'd stole sold the sold the stock or told somebody the insider well, trading or something. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that he can't state that out loud. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out probably fairly soon. Regardless well, whether yes. you can or can't, it's uh, very few CEOs yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a common <laughs> practice. What, what an a interesting guy. Yeah. <laughs> I and is, is he drunk or high right now, or is he just he's just an interesting dude? This is, I think he's I think he's quirky and infinitely interesting. Yeah, and somebody's and, and, high on innovation and does Jeff. not give an 
F. No, he's willing he to fight battles. Yeah. And somebody drove one of his cars 180 miles an hour the other day in Michigan, which is cool. Yes. Armstrong and Getty. And Sturgill Simpson did this on Saturday Night Live last year. That was one of my best favorite all-time musical performances on SNL. That was oh, yeah. so awesome. Oh. I like it when he makes the guitar do that sound. That's the chicka chicka. It's real easy to do, Sean. I'll teach you. Um, so we got a lot of texts about a segment we did earlier today for a couple of different reasons that will become evident. Uh, one a great point is made here, and then... If you're ever if you're of a certain bent, you'll uh, you'll you'll recognize quickly the other point of uh, conversation. But uh, do you have yeah. the guy's name in front of? You? I, I misplaced the. Yeah, John. Um, Arabit. 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 That's right. Former CHP uh, patrolman, retired now. He's now a small business person. He was taking part uh, in the big protest at the state capitol of California in, in Sacto. Sacramento. Yeah, and he was giving uh, three reasons that he wanted to get involved, and a couple of the reasons were were what you would expect, though well, uh, well explained. Yep, beautifully uh, put. Yeah, absolutely. And then he got into his third reason. I had the privilege of talking to a Holocaust survivor many years ago. I can't help but recall Ava's words. Ava Braun. Never be complacent when government appears to be eroding your personal freedoms. It's That's a very, pretty good. It's a very insidious process, and if you're not careful, you know, you could lose your freedoms. Insidious is the perfect word for it, too. So, um, yeah, just on that part of it, I I often think people are like kind of being practically crackpots or a little overreactive about governments taking away your rights, blah, 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 how quickly it can happen. But it, it is it is absolutely true. It happens little by little, and you think, well, it's, you know, it's it's a little bit, we're a country where we got a strong democracy, we'll be a... But the government has shut down businesses and now is threatening to fine people or arrest people who try to open them back up. That is unheard of right. in my lifetime, and now it's happening, and a lot of people are accepting it, and, and it's insidious. Insidious is the perfect word for it. Now, the problem, that, that we, the reason we got so many texts about that was... And I'll bet you caught it. <laughs> well, if, if you're a World War II history fan, the fact that he had a Holocaust survivor friend with the same name as Hitler's girlfriend, soon-to-be wife, Eva Braun, just, uh, just kind of caught the ear and was a bit of a distraction, honestly. Yeah. Leave out the last name. Did, did she have a nickname? Did, did you call her by, hey, Missy? If, <laughs> if she happens to have the same name, she's of the World War II generation, and right. she has the same name as Hitler's wife. I mean, Eva or Eva is an incredibly common name in, in Germany, and Braun is an incredibly common last name. Would it be so like, that's fine. It'd be like name, being named Amy Brown, right? Yes. I assume so. Absolutely. Um, yep. <laughs> nonetheless, it was funny. Both Jack and I thought, wait a minute. This has been a great interview. Love this guy. Is he about to drop a Howard Stern's penis on us? Yeah, I thought. I thought he's 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 waiting to see if we just roll with it like a stupid Anderson Cooper or something like that <laughs> right. during an interview. 
Where they do no, something like And we got a whole bunch of texts. Did he just say Ava Braun was <laughs> his neighbor? Oh, a 93-year-old, so she's the right age. <laughs> well, obviously, if she's a Holocaust survivor, right. <laughs> It'd be like if I said, yeah, I got this buddy I lift weights with, this guy Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he says, you should keep your feet at shoulder legs apart. <laughs> and Arnold says, wait a second, you're a weightlifting friend? His name Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, oh, yeah. why? Different guy, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. So that was yeah. So people noticed that, did they? My guitar instructor, um, Eric Clapton, he shows me. He's <laughs> talking about the frets and the. Eric Clapton? No, no, he's like a twenty-seven-year-old guy. Just lives yeah, next great to me. Whale of a guitarist. But you realize when you say Eric Clapton is your guitar instructor, people are going to think, "What do you mean?" Wait, wait, hold minute, on, what? before you go on, can we clear something up real quick? You can't talk about Holocaust survivors, World War II era, Ava Braun. It's just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a wonderful story, yeah, though, yeah, and a powerful yeah. message, which I listened to and paid attention to. It took seriously. <laughs> because you're better than me. Unlike the rest uh, of clearly. But I'll bet Ava Braun would say, do we have to get married in a bunker? Um, I'll, bet, I'll bet his friend Ava Braun would say, yeah, I didn't think when they took a little bit of power, a little bit more power, took away a few more rights, I didn't think it would end up where it ended up either. Because if you know the history, the most interesting history of Hitler and everything like that is what happens in the early 30s when it was he won a bunch of elections. He this stuff got voted in. Right. And and the one thing I would point out as a guy who's studied this sort of thing my entire life is that the rationale for taking emergency powers is always brilliantly constructed. They don't they don't wear, you know, the 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 mask of of good governance, and you can hear them chuckling evilly behind the scenes. No, they construct their arguments very, very well. And sometimes they're sincere that, look, we just need to keep you safe. This is temporary. This is very important. We're just trying to save lives here. That's always the rationale. So one reason that some pundits think Justin Amash has got um, a little running room running as the libertarian candidate for president is because of the stuff we were just talking about. There's a pretty big lane, might be even a bigger lane than has happened in recent history, for people who are not cool with a lot of the things that are happening during this coronavirus shutdown. And, uh, you know, uh, the Republican Party has largely been okay with it. The Democratic Party has been okay with it. Lots of different states are doing it different ways. If, if Justin Amash runs on a much more, you know, personal freedom, property rights, that sort of thing, he might, uh, he might get more attention than libertarian candidates normally do. But I was listening to a podcast. Well, he's the first non-crackpot in some time, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it had uh, a whole bunch of different pundits on it, including some people who have run campaigns, and say this will be the first time the Libertarian Party, if they could get their candidate on, on stage, he most likely would be the best-spoken candidate on the stage with Joe Biden and Donald Trump. The least gaffe-prone on the stage. Yeah. Which yep. has never been the case in the past. And uh, and they believed that he does more damage to Biden than Trump. My immediate assumption, wasn't your yeah. immediate assumption that a libertarian jumping in, a former Republican like Justin Amash, takes more votes from Trump than Biden? And you got a whole bunch of people that are Republicans but can't stomach voting for Trump will vote for right. Amash? You know, maybe I just lack uh, imagination or something like that. I don't get the he'll uh, hurt Biden more well, let argument. Me, let me, I just don't get it. Let me noodle get it through here just for a second. Here's the theory. 
So Bernie not doing as well this time around as he did in 2016 leads a number of people to think that, okay, people weren't voting for Bernie. They wanted to vote as Democrats, and they hated Hillary. Just couldn't stand Hillary. And so some of the questions would be, um, people weren't voting for Biden. They weren't into Biden in any of these polls that you're seeing where Biden's doing well. They just hate Trump. Hmm. So you get another alternative, and that crowd of, I just hate Trump, goes with Amash and not Biden. Some of Biden's support is like uh, Bernie's support was. It was just, you know, I'm voting against the other person I hate more. Well, the jury is back, and I lack imagination. That's a pretty reasonable theory. Because How many people think it's a vote for Biden? People that were going out and voting for Biden. And you're voting for no. who you think would beat Trump. Right. Because you can't stand Trump, which is the way elections work a lot. You're voting to stop somebody you don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, just to return to your earlier point, I, I honestly think Trump has been uh, pro, let's get the economy going, let's open up as soon as possible enough, I think, to satisfy a lot of that libertarian yearning. Um I don't think that'd be a great front to attack him on, honestly. Hmm. Especially as people have, you know, every time he breathes a word about getting the economy up and going again, the uh, left stream media just uh, just flaps their hands and shrieks in terror and says, "Oh, he's going to kill people! Well, he's he going abs- to kill people!" He absolutely will run, though. Amash will run on the uh, we're spending way too much money and not getting entitlements under control and all that sort of stuff. The Republican Party has lost its way on spending. He will mm-hmm. run on that and. I don't know how many percentage points of votes there are for that. I don't know. Some people apparently take their vote way more seriously than I do. I, I, I hear these arguments where people saying, I just could not pull the lever from, for you know this person or that person. I need to go third party. I'm a, I'm a person with all these votes, and I can't vote for them. I'm more practical than that. I, I don't have to love somebody to vote for them. I think you got two choices. This person's going to be president or this person. Which yeah. one do I want to choose between those two? I don't feel like I have to go to my grave with my conscience of having voted for someone. Uh, What if 10 consecutive elections you haven't been able to vote for any single person you like? You don't try to, uh, you know, like if you're constantly just choosing between the lesser of two evils, there's no impulse to try to do support and change the system some way fundamentally because there's I don't see any way of getting out of this. I, I think that's a perfectly good idea what you just talked about. I mean, I think that makes perfectly good sense. Um, I just say so personally, right, when I'm in right. the booth at that moment, one of these two people is going to be president. That's just the reality. I get the building another party or damaging one party until they come over to your side. That makes That's the way democracy works. But I don't know. I don't, yeah, I see I, your point. I mean, if I were one of a three-person committee and one guy had said, yep, we got to have Stalin, and the other guy said, no, it's Hitler for me. And I'm the third vote. Okay, then I would agonize. But no, going into the voting booth, well, especially because, and it's worth mentioning, I live in a deep blue state, to my eternal chagrin. And um, and so it really doesn't matter, per se, who I vote for, which is why I almost always vote for the Libertarian, because I want that party to get more votes, more contributions, more power, and scare the hell out of the Republican Party and remind them of what they're supposed to be. Yeah, no, I but think, that's, that's just me and my nutty political thinking. I, I thought the way Sean was just talking about when I was younger, and I think that makes you a better person probably. 
I just out of hell with man, that. my age or whatever. I just think one of these two people is going to be president, whether you like it or not. So which one not, do you want? It's that one. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. Well, golly, how do you figure we ought to finish music? Four songs in a row, commercial free. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. Hey, call her ten. Call her ten. <laughs> give them something. For what? <laughs> oh, I, actually, I do have some good stuff. I got the rest of the sleep study, which is oh, pretty good. good. About good. top the top thing the top things skipped when you're running late, for instance. That's pretty good. Um, the percentage of people that wish their parents would wake them up in the morning, I found troubling. Uh, what? Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hi guys, I'm in my gym right now. I haven't been in here for like six months because I burnt my gym down, unfortunately. Um, I had two candles and yeah, one thing led to another and I burned it down. Britney Spears there saying she burnt her gym down because, well, I had two candles in there. So anyway, it burned down. Wait a second. I one have thing two led can- to another. I have candles all over the place. I've never burnt anything down. So what are you talking about? Which thing led to what thing? <laughs> <laughs> the oily rags next to the meth lab next to the candles? <laughs> that, those things led to other things? She hasn't worked out in six months. How does she look in the video? Because uh, you got to work out a lot to look like her. She looks good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't remember who I was seeing on TV. Eh, J-Lo or somebody, you know, somebody is in super great shape. And I thought, you know, when you're, oh, is an actor, somebody. But I thought when your career, your livelihood depends on you looking good and being in shape, it would be such an interesting motivator for going, for yeah. working out. Plus, you don't have other things to do a lot of times. Right. No, that is your job. Yeah. Is to look like that. Yeah. And I have a feeling that person doesn't spend six hours a day compulsively digging into news either. You know, right? Yeah, you don't have other things you have to do. Yeah. Um, they did this survey about sleeping. We talked about some of this uh, earlier. Uh, one in four people still opt for a traditional alarm clock. I use my uh, my iPhone. What percentage of people use their smartphone for alarm clock? I bet it's pretty high. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're so good. Uh, causes of waking up a bad mood. We went through. Oh, top things skipped while running late. Number nine up to number one. Having matching socks. You skip that. I my socks are pre-matched. I don't know. You have just a <laughs> what the heck? Pre-matched. Well, I ma- I match them when I take them out of the dryer. I don't just throw oh, them all single. Aren't you something nice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't just Mr. Throw... <laughs> Fancy with his match socks. Do other people please. just throw them all single single socks into a drawer and then match them the day of? Do you all do that? I reach into the dryer because that's essentially just another drawer for my clothes. <laughs> I grab whatever socks are in there. I pull them out, and hey, most of the time they match. Yeah. But sometimes I get a random one. There you go. So skipping that if we're running late, matching socks, I'll which is which is pretty popular with the kids. I mean, my 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 son and all his friends, none of them wear matching socks, so it's just intentionally. Yeah, it's kind of a look. Whimsical. Um, wearing a thoughtful outfit that I I skip that every day. I don't even know what that is. Exactly, doing my hair, doing your makeup, you skip if you're running late. I don't think many women do that. That's not been my experience. Just observing the office. No, they do it while they drive. Yeah, exactly. 
Brushing teeth? Okay. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I could be late to anything. I'm brushing my damn teeth. Really? I'm not going out there and with horse breath and stuff clinging, <laughs> clinging yeah. into the, the spaces between. No way. You can't show up with the dragon someplace. That's that's yeah. not good. Yeah. Amen, Sean. Uh, number four, packing a lunch. You'll skip if you're running late. We're climbing up the ladder here. Making coffee. Making breakfast at 40%. Well, that's like the first thing you skip if you're running late, yeah. right? Sure. You just grab something and go. Number yeah. one. The make- coffee, though, and again, not negotiable. Number one, making my bed. 56% will skip making their bed if they're running late. If you're running late, like you're worried you're actually going to be late for work and you go ahead and make your bed, you are you're practically uh, OCD, aren't you? Yeah, a little obsessive. You, either you a bed maker? I don't think I, I, I think I've maybe made my bed single digit times in my life. And it's usually involved when I've uh, actually just washed the things and I'm switching it over. Judy and I are pretty consistent, yeah. I'm pro-bed making, and the way it makes you feel to get into a made bed, to me, is the payoff. Hmm. But, uh, I don't know, maybe millennials have killed making beds. <laughs> Possible. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Uh, bed spreads have gone away, so making your bed kind of, you know, what does that exactly mean when you don't have bed spreads? Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. I love a good bed spread. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, beginning with uh, the man in the control room. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, this weekend i got to go shopping, so I need to get a face mask, and I haven't been able to find them, so I'm going to use some household products. Would it be in poor taste if I found an old bra and just cut it in half and then made made it out of cups? Just put a D cup over your face? Do you know about the cup size? Yeah, I know. Yes. D's the yes. biggest. Yeah, I know. Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought for us. Sean? Yeah, filling in some of my uh, TV cultural blind spots. Uh, the show Killing Eve on, uh, I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, it's uh, it's a detective, uh, serial killer and the detective trying to catch him. It's I, wa- I was just going to watch one episode last night. Ended up watching about four or five. I'll probably oh. finish the series by the end of this weekend. It is great. Wow. Killing Good Eve. recommendation. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Jack, how about a final thought? I'm going to watch something this weekend. I'm really going to try to stay away from the news flow a little bit, even though we promise we'll always do that. I, I need to take in some non-corona economy uh, entertainment. Maybe my son and I watching another superhero movie on the Netflix. Sounds awesome. Ant-Man or something. My final thought was my wife uh, communicated to my boy, I'll leave the name of the company out of it, but said, hey, uh, how are things going? Your your company's all over the news and everything. And he said, what? It is? I guess I'll watch the news. So apparently it wasn't that big a deal where allegedly it was a big deal. And uh, that's the news for you. Yeah, that's that's trying not... to scare people to death, and he's like, "What? I'm totally unaware of this." That's not surprising. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank, so little time. Hey, over the weekend, if you see something great, you think we ought to be talking about, you want to share an opinion, keep it short. Uh, whatever, email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Are people in SoCal going to the beaches despite the governor saying, "No, you're not"? That'll be fun to follow. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.